0: One of the biggest lies that we believe is that what we do in this life doesn't really matter and that what we do every day is not of that great of a consequence. It's a trick that we believe when in reality what we do and how we show up on a daily basis and the way that we decide to grow and dive into the things that we're passionate about actually has an incredible significance. On today's show with my friend Justin Prince, we dive into why you are the one. You're the one that can change the tides, not only for yourself and for your family, but for generations to come and for people in your networks that you don't even know. And honestly, you probably never will, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that you show up and you decide that what you do matters and you decide that you are the one. Let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome to the Align the Good Life podcast. I'm Brooke Hemingway, and around here, we like to talk about the things that matter, like how to create soul-fulfilling success by aligning your life and taking powerful, intentional action so that you get to experience the best of what life has to offer. From business, to health, to letting go of limits, to raising babies while building dreams, to relationships, and real talk, we have it all here on Align the Good Life. So let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast today. I'm really excited to have Justin Prince on the show today. I actually don't know if Justin knows this, but I first heard him speak, I think it was back in 2019, John Maxwell did an event for the release of a book that he wrote called The Power of Five, and Justin was one of the speakers. I was in that room and I was immediately actually impressed by you, your energy, what you had to share in your message, and our paths have crossed a few times. We've had the opportunity to talk on the phone. I've watched your journey; you've watched mine, and so I just admire you, man. I'm excited to have you here. And before we dig in, I'm just gonna i'm gonna toot your horn for you a little bit. This guy has generated over two billion dollars in revenue and has had five, probably even more. I don't know, multi million dollar businesses. He has a beautiful wife and four kids. He's definitely a family man. Um, but your background definitely did not like set you up necessarily for that kind of success. And I love this kind of story. Um, He also is a bestselling author of Be The One, an incredible book. I think over 12,000 copies sold like at the time of this podcast being released, which is phenomenal. So welcome to the show, Justin. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Well, first of all, Brooke, (laughs) I'm so honored to be here. I feel like I should have you be the keynote speaker at my funeral. That would be (laughs) like the best introduction ever. But Uh, I feel the same way about you, it's so interesting. I don't know, uh, we haven't had a a ton of time in person, but like my admiration for you from afar is just off the charts. Like, Uh I feel like you are like the highest of performers in like so many different categories at once, which if you were doing just one of them would be really remarkable. But like Uh world-class wife, world-class human, world-class mom to like an entire tribe of children unbelievable businesswoman, putting on your own events, like like it's, a, by the way, your fitness is on point, just the whole thing. It's like living the life at such a high level is really, really inspiring to do it all at once somehow.
0: Well, thank you so much. I, I think that you and your wife and your family live the same way. There's so many things that I admire about you. And there's a lot of people listening in today that probably don't know very much about your story. And I just love introducing new voices and new people. And I think we need to take it back just a little bit to you know, hey, were you like set up to be this multimillionaire, super successful entrepreneur? Did you have all the cards like stacked in your favor?
1: Well, so my, my journey started, uh, you know, my folks got divorced when I was 12. I was my mom's oldest. When she married my dad, he had a, a, a daughter and a son. And then I was my mom's oldest. So when they got divorced, I was at home with my, I was my mom's oldest at home. So I was raised during that time by a single mom. And we moved 13 times in the seven years through the teenage years. We're kind of bouncing around from apartment and rental and whatever. And uh I have no professional background. I was making pizzas, I was doing doing construction work. I worked at a mall kiosk. I tease people the mall is the place that all of us older people used to go when the Amazon was a river. Some of you remember this, you're old enough to remember this, but uh, we'd walk around the mall. I was the guy at the mall that you would try to avoid eye contact with because I sold animated Bible videos out of a mall kiosk. You know, you're like trying to not look at them. So they would like, you know, try and sell you something. <laughs> and what what I did have, Brooke, was I always had big dreams. I always had big goals. I wanted to do something with my life. When I was 25, I was introduced to my first business. Uh, at this point, my wife and I have our, our first son. His, his name's Isaac. He's now 19. At the time, he was one uh, about a year and a half, almost, you know, coming up on two. Yeah. And I just wanted to make my little boy proud of me. I wanted to make my wife proud of me. You know, people are like, why'd you start your business? And I'm like, that was the real reason. You know, I try to give like a sophisticated answer. That was the real reason. And so I just, you know, went for it with my dreams and goals. And the first business that I started, it actually failed. The company itself that we were distributing products for went out of business. So when that happened, I'm below zero financially, back on credit cards, back on taxes. At one point, I moved my pregnant wife into the loft of my wife's parents' garage. So I'm 27 years old. I'm a grown man. (laughs) <laughs> yes, and I live in the United States of America I have two part-time jobs one I do in the weekdays one I do on the weekends I started with another uh, entrepreneur journey to like become free yeah. right become financially free and here I am like grinding and like working two part-time jobs and I am like sharing a dream with people I am not living you know and like sharing the potential of like what's possible and I'm not right. even do it myself right and I, I remember laying at bed at night with my wife one night specifically it's pitch black it's about one in the morning and I say to her I say are you awake she goes yeah she goes you are you awake and I said yeah and she goes I go am I crazy like am I chasing a fake dream like is this ever going to happen for us like is this ever going to happen for me and and I was super super blessed that Mm -hmm. I had an amazingly powerful and loyal and committed and like almost visionary wife to say like you're good like you got it keep going for it you know and long story short, I ultimately figured that business out, and I sold that business when I was thirty. I did private equity consulting for two years. My last project that I worked on for the last eleven years, uh, you know, I took a I, I came into a company that was uh, twenty five years in business, but eight years of declining revenue. So eight years of like double digit per year declines. So they're like going the wrong direction fast. And I came in as is a consultant originally, and then ultimately as an equity partner. And then I really my role was in the field and leading and building sales teams and and yeah. building a customer base. And that business, you know, we, we, we did over two and a half billion worth, two and a half billion dollars in revenue. We acquired millions and millions of customers and we paid out over a billion in commissions to, to the sales force that we built. And so it was a really, you know, positive experience. And so I, I wrote a book called be the one. I think this is important for your audience to hear because success is an identity process yeah. and you'll never outperform the way you see yourself. So mm-hmm. if you see yourself as a loser, you're not gonna show up and like pay the price that a winner would. If you see yourself as a winner, you're not gonna roll over and quit like a loser would. You just you just wouldn't be true with who you are, okay. right? And the book be the one, the idea is two part. The one is that you are the one. You, your life matters. Your life has value and purpose and meaning. Think of it this way. If you take your parents and your grandparents and your great grandparents, the last 12 generations, the last 12 generations is about 400 years. And it was 4,094 people that came together from all corners of the earth to create you. You are the one. And you're the one that these folks lived for and bled for and cried for and died for and gave everything they had for you to have this moment. And your life matters. So when you realize, like, I'm the one, (laughs) you know, I'm the one. I'm going to make something in my life. And then the second part is not become the one, it's be. So you already are the one, but it's. It's a book that's meant hopefully hopefully it inspires and motivates. But really, what I hope it does yeah. is it teaches practical and tactical steps and formulas and frameworks of what do you need to do to be the one today, to live and to create and to design an unforgettable life where future generations look yeah. up in their family lineage and they say it was her, you know, it was him. She's the one for our family. She's the one that changed it for us. It's my great-great-grandma. She's the one that ended the abuse or the addiction or taught the financial principles, and they still know your story yeah. because of the way that you went and lived today.
0: Well, yeah, if you think about all the great names, you know, in time, right, The Rockefeller, Ford, like all the, like, they had to be the one, and we all know yes. names, right, and uh, I think you and I are very aligned in that way when you talk about how your life matters, and I think that's the biggest trick that's played on us, or the biggest lie that we believe is that it doesn't matter what we do, it doesn't matter if we show up, like, doesn't matter if we skip out or we kind of slack or we don't put in the work. And I am the same way. And I don't know if it's like a duty-bound characteristic, but I think part of it is a duty-bound characteristic. And and some of us have more of that ingrained in us, but all of us can develop that if we will put ourselves in the place of remembering, like remembering the people that came before us, remembering the opportunity. and. Understanding that every little thing you do does have an impact, right? That's universal law of cause and effect. So whether you show up or don't show up, it is going to impact future generations. It's going to impact people you don't know right now that might do business with you. I think it matters so much that you show up. Like I, I would like, you know, die on that message because it really does matter. And so I love this book and I love the concept that you really can be the one and that, You know, it really takes, honestly, accepting that you are important, accepting that you are significant. So what does somebody do that their whole life has felt like maybe their identity or the way that they've related to themselves is, you know, I don't matter. I'm not enough. I'm not important. I'm not special. You know, maybe they came from a bad background or an abusive background, or they just never felt like they were anything special. How does that person start to step into actually I'm really important. I'm significant. I matter.
1: Yes. God, So good. A couple of thoughts I would share there. And by the way, everything you just said, every influence has influence. Every decision has impact, like all the stuff that we do, including all the stuff we don't do, it still matters, right? It's like us playing small, us dying with all of our music still in us. Like if you have a book to write, go write it or a podcast to start, go start it or a business to launch, go launch it because you don't want to die with all of this goodness still in your heart,
0: right?
1: Uh, A couple of thoughts I would share with you. One of the things I teach is to update your identity. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes people will say to me, Brooke, they're like, they'll say things like, I'm emotional because that's just who I am. Or I'm this because that's who I am. Or that's, I'm like, well, when was the last time you updated this stuff? You can update this stuff. You don't have to just be like, that's who, that just is what I am. You know, I am what I am. You yeah. can update. I tell this story in the book about a guy I used to work with. He's, a, he's a, one of the sweetest men I've ever met. He's the kind of guy you'd want your daughters today. His name's Jaime Molina. Jaime lives in Southern California with his wife, Ramona. They have this really beautiful marriage. The only person sweeter than Jaime is Ramona. She's amazing. They're super devout in their Catholic faith. They have four beautiful daughters. Uh, He works in the financial services industry, and he works with a troubled youth in his community out in Southern California. And he tells the story to the the youth of a a man named E9400. So E9400 was born on the border town of Texas, El Paso. He, uh, at age eight, was introduced to alcohol, started consuming alcohol on a regular basis. At age nine, this little boy was molested by someone 23 years older than him. At age and and then he became sexually active as a little nine year old boy. At age fourteen, he was introduced to hard drugs. At fifteen, he became a mule for the cartels. At 22, he was convicted of eleven federal felonies and served time in San Quentin uh prison. Wow. So Jaime says to the kids, he goes, What do you what do you think happened to E ninety four hundred? like imagine if we we're doing a poll is he living his best life is he in prison is he homeless is he on drugs is he an alcoholic is he working for the cartels like is he dead I mean, like what's what's oh. the odds i think if any of us heard that story we would be like uh He's not dead. Probably dead. this yeah. is not going well you know yeah. so one one day Jaime says to the class he, to get started he goes guys i have a special guest for you today the kids are like all right who is it and he says remember i told you the story of e9400 and all the kids are like, yeah, that's the guy that at age eight was on alcohol and at nine was sexually molested and at 14's on hard drugs, at 15's a meal for the cartel, served in San Quentin. And he says he's out in the hallway. And they're like, what? So he walks out in the hallway, closes the door, and ends up walking back in. The door shuts behind him. He walks up to the front of the room and he says, I am E9400. E9400 was Jaime's prison number when he was at San Quentin. Mm. And for many years of Jaime's life. That's who he was. That was his identity was E9400. But remember, you're not who you are. You are who you were born to be. You are this potential. Jaime wasn't born to be E9400. He was born to be Jaime Molina. And you were also not what you did. You are what you repeatedly do. So we all make mistakes. We all have days that aren't our best days. We all do things. We look back, we're like, God, oh, it wasn't my, my best moment. But remember, it's not what you did. It is what you repeatedly do that builds out who you become over time. Jaime was born to be the father of these four beautiful daughters and the husband to and the man that's committed to his faith and the man that builds this great financial services business, the man that serves the next generation of youth in the country. Like That's who Jaime was born to be. Wow. But you are not what you did. You are what you repeatedly do. And my friends, what I would remind you is you are not who you are now. You are who you were born to be. And, and rem- think of it this way. Starting today, create your future with your future, not your past. Mm-hmm. So in other words, create your future with the future vision of the person you are born to be, not the per- not the person you've been in the past. Most people create their future with their past. Like, this is who I am because of these things and all these challenges I've been through. Therefore, that defines the vision I have of the future versus saying, I'm going to cast out and create my future with my future vision of myself. Yeah, create your future with your future, not your past.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like inserting the word "unless," right? This is who I am, unless it's not, unless I choose that I want to be something different. And I've, I've always loved hmm. you, and I are so similar in this way. It's, it's kind of like thinking about, well, what does this person do that's fit and healthy? Okay, she wakes up at six a.m. and she's got her gym clothes. And, you know, when people look at you and I working out, they think, oh, they're so motivated. And it's like, actually, I'd rather stay in bed. I'm at 9000 feet and it just snowed three feet. It's dark outside. I want to stay in bed. But the person that makes millions of dollars gets up with the alarm and works out. And I had to force myself to do that, you know. um, For me, it was overcoming this identity of I'm not enough and I'm just a sad person and depressed because I used to be so sad and depressed and always feel like I wasn't enough. And it was like, I got to rewrite that. And this is such an important message he's teaching you, you guys, because you are not what you do. You're what you do repeatedly and you can start to break that pattern. And here's the thing. You're not going to be perfect at it. You're going to slip up a little bit here and there, but you have to measure the gains like you have to stay in the gains super, super powerful. So, you know, when you talk about like changing your life and you talk about being 27 and laying in bed and you're working construction and flipping pizzas and selling animated Bible movies, which by the way, I have bought those.
1: <laughs> I, I wish I would have been the one to sell them to you.
0: I know. I know. <laughs> um,
1: my favorite customer.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you're doing all this stuff and you've got this supportive wife. Like What were some of the things for the people that are in the trenches listening right now? Like there's a lot of people in the trenches trying to live the dream, trying to create the dream. What are some of your top habits, a couple of habits that you're like, listen, you've got to be doing this every single day. If you're in the pit, if you're in the trenches, if you're in the Valley, keep doing this every single day and you're going to start to see things change.
1: Yeah. I teach at what I call a three C success loop because you can create momentum in your life. Here's what's so powerful about life. My friends, I want you to know this. You can create momentum and momentum is a secret to life. Momentum is a secret to business. like you can create where your life doesn't have to look like what it looks like right now in six months, one year, three years, five years. You can cast out a new life because of what Brooke so elegantly talked about which is these new habits, new patterns, new routines. Like you can create new habits, new patterns, routines to where your life does not look the same, because over time and distance, you start doing the, the right things consistently versus, in essence, the wrong things consistently, and then it changes your whole life. So the three C's, C number one is confidence. The foundation of your success is believing in yourself. And so you want to ask yourself this question. Do I believe in me? Right? Would you vote on you? It's like, would you They say, would you vote on the jockey or the horse? The concept is I'm always voting on the jockey. If Elon Musk leaves Tesla, Tesla stock goes down. Why? Because people are like, yo, I'm kind of voting on this guy. He's going to figure this thing out, right? The concept is, do you believe in you? It's hard to get everyone else to believe in you if you won't even believe in you. The confidence leads to commitment. And where there is no confidence, there is no commitment. If you have low confidence in yourself, it, your commitment level is going to be, it's not going to be awesome. It's like, how committed are you going to be to an exercise program? You think you have zero confidence is going to work. How committed are you going to be to a business plan? that you have zero confidence going to work? You have to say, you know what? I've, I've overcome some hard things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go make this thing happen. That builds commitment. Most people are wishy-washy. Uh, there's a gentleman named Thomas Monson. He said, stick to a task until it sticks to you. He said, beginners are many, finishers are few. You don't want to just be a big talker and a small doer. You don't want to just be a, a, a big starter and a small finisher. You wanna be a finisher in things. You get highly committed. You, you stick to a task until it sticks to you. Beginners are many, finishers are few. Get committed, stay committed. There's no lukewarm winners. you got to get committed. Doesn't mean you can't adjust. Doesn't mean you can't adapt. Doesn't mean you can't try new things. Meaning you, you can go over the wall, under the wall, around the wall, find weak spots of the wall, get better tools to knock the wall down. Maybe you bring a team with you to find the weak spots. But the point is, is you're going to get through the wall, right? And then number three is your commitment leads to Competence. So think of it this way. Your competence is your skill sets, your talent, your floor, your skills, or your ceiling. You want to build skill above the talent. Most people, we just rely on kind of like our baseline talent. Like, I don't know, I'm kind of baseline credibility or baseline skill sets or baseline people skills or baseline uh, closing skills or presenting skills or baseline uh, interpersonal skills or baseline emotional intelligence skills. I guess, I don't know. My mom is this way. I'm this way. Listen, you want to build new skills, skill above that baseline talent, the greats in the world. And this is true of a mom or it's true of Michael Jordan. Okay. So the greats in the world, they build new skills. They're looking to get better. They're looking to improve. So, you want to say, what mental skills am I building, like my attitude skills? What physical skills am I building, like my presenting skills, right? So, you're always working on two sets. But the competency, the higher your competency grows, guess what happens? That leads back to the higher confidence. Now you're like, I'm kind of good at what I'm doing now. That leads to more commitment. You're like, I'm going to make this thing happen. That drives even more skill set development, which drives more confidence. Now, here's the question how do you get into the loop today? How do you start with confidence today? If if the truth is, if we're just being honest, you don't have a lot of confidence right now. And the answer, my friends, is the word courage. Mm -hmm. Courage is you take action when you don't see, you know, you take action, you be bold, you take that first step when you can't see the whole staircase. There's a great book called uh, Chase the Lion by a guy named Mark Batterson. He's a Christian pastor. Yes, I
0: love him. He
1: says it's a, yeah, he said he has an old Bible story he references about a guy named Ben Nihon. And what he says is he chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day. So here's my question to you. How many people do you know in your life that chase lions into the pits on snowy days? You know, not very many.
0: Nobody. They turn around and go right? home and sit in front the of the point fire. is
1: is that's exactly right. We hear the roar, it's snowy, I'm not chasing lions into pits. The the lion is the dream. The lion is the goal. The lion is that roar in your heart. You feel to be the one in your life. That's the lion. And most of us, when we hear the roar, we run from the roar. We hear the roar. We ignore the roar. We want to be the kind of person that when you hear that roar, you run to the roar, you have courage. And you, again, you start the podcast when you don't feel like you have enough to stay. You make that invite when your palms are sweating, you do that follow-up, even though they're way more credible than you are. You, Start that business, even though you're like, what if I fail? Listen, what if you succeed? Like you take action, even though you're not perfect yet. That's courage. You just, you rely on courage. Now, once you start to build some more confidence and and then ultimately commitment and competence, guess what? You don't have to rely on tons of courage. You're just like, I'm kind of good at what I do. I got confidence. Like I got this. At first, the first steps are all courage steps. That's yeah. how you get started today. That's the habit. The habit is lean into your courage, chase the lion, go for your dreams, go for your goals, make things happen, no more excuses. Yeah. Go start making things happen today.
0: Yeah, and it starts so so much goodness in there. I'm just like jumping out of my seat cuz you're speaking my language. And everyone listening is going to be like, oh, yeah, these two, they're so in sync. Because a lot of times I talk about how that competence breeds confidence. And the more competent you become, the more confident you become. But you don't necessarily walk into the situation feeling confident. You know, I know I didn't, as a mom then of five, starting a business with no network, like I didn't have any business being successful. And it took a lot of courage. And courage really starts with making a decision. And to decide means to cut off. And so where you were in your life at 27, it's like you have a family to feed, you have to have courage, like you've got skin in the game, you've got fire under your butt, you've got a family to feed. And I think sometimes we're in such a place of comfort, or we're living in this illusory state of comfort, like we think everything's always going to stay the same, and nothing's going to change, and our life is always going to be comfortable. And I don't live that way, not from a place of scarcity. Not from a place of like, oh, I'm really afraid something bad is gonna happen. It's just from a place of knowing like, hey, listen, like I've gotta keep doing courageous stuff. And I've got to keep stepping forward because I can't just sit in comfort. Comfort is not guaranteed. It's really nice, but it's not guaranteed. So courage really just for those of you listening, you're like, but how do I get courage? And you keep asking how, 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 the question should be, why, why do I need courage? Why do I need to do this thing? And courage is literally just a decision. Justin made a decision. I made a decision. Like we didn't want to do half the stuff we did like, I'm sure there's a lot of things when you started out, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, Mm -hmm. right. I mean, take us back to a time where you almost quit because I know there's a lot of people, you know, you're 27, but any other times where you felt like, dang, this is too hard. Like I've got to turn around. I've got to quit. There's a lot of people I know every single day that are faced with, you know, maybe I'm going to quit. Maybe I'm going to stop. Maybe I'm going to turn around. Walk us through, you know, that kind of situation and how you stay the course.
1: Yeah, I remember one time specifically, and by the way, my friends, there's there was there was no kidding. There was hundreds, if not thousands of those times, you're like, what am I doing with my life? You know, am I ever gonna figure this thing out? And so my first business fails, I'm below zero financially, I pick up two part-time jobs, one I do on the weekdays, one I do on the weekends, moving to the loft of my wife's parents' garage. I thought we'd move there for a couple of weeks and then figure our situation out. Like here we are, my wife's pregnant with our third child and when she got pregnant, she, we had six pregnancies and we had four babies, right? So we had a, a stillborn birth and a miscarriage and she was she was like sick, 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 sick for the whole nine months of each pregnancy. So it was kind of the, the morning sickness thing, but like the most extreme version of it you've ever seen that lasted all nine months from day one to delivery. And she was four for four C-sections and she, you know, here she is nursing these little babies. So that whole era, that like whole decade of whatever that was, it was really like a blur. Like it was a lot, you know, I have so much admiration for women specifically so much admiration for my wife. Like she gave up so much to like bring these four children to earth, you know? So I have that backdrop as I'm working a part-time job uh, during the weekdays, I would kiss my little kids when they're in the closet in the loft in the morning when they're asleep. I would come home at night and kiss them on the cheek when they were asleep because I was, I was, you know, they're now asleep again. And I'm just grinding, and so on the weekend, one weekend, I went up to the Western Idaho State Fair. It's up in Boise, Idaho. So I lived in Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City to Boise is a solid five-hour drive, and I say solid meaning sometimes you're like it's like four hours, but if you go fast, it's three and a half. This is like it's going to be like five and a half if you don't go, you know, with a good pace. And I worked at a fair. How many of you have ever been to a fair? Like when you go to the fair, I there's only at like the fair. yeah, there's only like at some point you're like there's only so many funnel cakes and corn dogs you can take you know you're like get me out of here so I'm working the fair by the way you work serious hours you're there early in the morning you work till late at night and on, on the last night I've been there for about two weeks away from my family for two weeks working like a dog in the dust and the you know sheep and the corn dogs of the fair and I remember putting my sales bag in my trunk my trunk's next to Uh, animated Bible DVDs, 25-year shelf life food storage. I was selling this food storage product in the weekdays and then network marketing brochures and DVDs and CDs. I was just like, oh my gosh. And I I shut the trunk and I start heading home. It's 11 something at night. So I'm gonna drive literally all night long. Well, at about, I don't even know what it would have been, probably two in the morning or so, my eyes start to flicker. Like, have you ever had that happen? You're like, I better pull over or I'm gonna die, right? Right then I see a rest stop. And I pull into this little rest stop. It just was happen chance. It was just right there. Happened to be a rest stop. Pull in. I lock my car. And I put, I like pu- pull the seat back like this. So the, the seat reclines. And I put my fist like this. Like I kind of crossed my chest with my fist. And I remember thinking to myself, if some disgusting trucker wants a piece of me tonight, they're going to pick the wrong car. I was like, I'm coming up swinging. I just don't mess with me. And anyway, probably about three or so in the morning, I kind like, of Woke up, put my seat back, kind of rubbed my eyes, oh my gosh, put it in reverse and and finish the drive home. I pull into our neighborhood as sunrise is coming up and I I walk upstairs and my two little kids are ready for church. These two little, they're probably like five and three kind of age, you know? They're like, dad, it's home. They're grabbing your leg and like all excited. So my wife looks at me, my eyes are worn out, my shoulders are down, my chin's down. She gives me a big hug. And I was just like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I didn't say this to her. This is what I was thinking. I cannot do this anymore. I, I'm, I'm physically exhausted. I'm financially exhausted. I'm emotionally exhausted. Yeah. I don't have anything left to give. I don't even want it. Like the idea of like listening to a CD or a podcast saying chase your dreams. Maybe you want to throw up at this point. I just like, I give up. Don't no one motivate me anymore. I'm done. I just, I'm done with this. And this business is never going to work. And what am I thinking? And I just can't keep doing this. You know, anyway, fast forward, fast forward one year. I ultimately made, I kind of moved up in my little business. I made enough money to get rid of one of those jobs. And then I moved up a little bit further. I made enough money to get rid of the second job. So now it's full time. And I had recruited this, this really amazing guy. We were launching a new team up in Boise, Idaho. So remember Boise, Idaho was where I was a year Dad. ago. We were up there and we like did this big meeting and everyone was fired up and we're fired up. And we went to the meeting after the meeting and then the dinner after that, and we just were like, everyone's so like the vision's so real and whatever. So we're driving home that night and my friend's like, I'm in like a literally different situation. Credit cards paid off, uh, taxes paid off. I like have savings. I'd taken my white Toyota Corolla with 20,000 miles. I would traded in, I have a, a five series BMW. We moved out of the loft of my wife's parents' garage to a 5,600 square foot luxury. I mean, I was just living just a different yeah. life, like a different oh, yeah. reality. And we're driving and I look past him. It was the strangest thing, through the window. And it's the exact same restaurant that was, it was like one year and like to the week that I had pulled in that restaurant. And almost in my mind's eye, I could see this white Toyota Corolla with 250,000 miles pulling into, I could see this devoted young dad who was worn out, shoulders down, chin down, pulling in there, like just ready to give up. And almost in my mind's eye, I could see this devoted, beautiful wife at home with these two little babies kind of holding down the fort. And I almost wanted to talk to him. I don't know if you guys can imagine something like this, but I almost like yeah. wanted to talk to your younger self. And I wanted to say, don't you give up, boy, don't you quit. There yeah. are years of happiness and success ahead for you. Don't you give up and don't you quit. I remember wanted to, I wanted to say to him like, you get your shoulders back. You quit feeling <laughs> sorry for yourself. Yeah. Like you keep doing your best to inspire people. Like, don't you give up. Yeah. And I share that story with you now to say that was What would that have been? That would have been about 15 years ago. It's the craziest thing now to like think back and you know, here we are. Billions of dollars in revenue since just, I mean, I mean, I'm in a completely different orbit world now than I could have imagined even in in those days. And I share that with you to say, your best days are ahead of you. You know, there's hope ahead. There's best days ahead. There's bright days ahead. Like you haven't come this far to only come this far and you get knocked down six times. You get up seven times. And this has not come to stay. This has come to pass. Your best days are ahead of you. And like, get back up, get on the horse and keep going.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, for everyone listening, that was so, so good. I think what they have to understand as well is that even throughout this journey of building, you know, billions of dollars of revenue, you had setbacks and you've had things happen and you've had to continue to choose. Get back up it's a, it's just it's a way of being like that just is the kind of person that you are and you've developed that stick to that tenacity to keep going after it and there's only one way to learn how to do that and that's just to get your hands dirty and do the work and, there, and I have had a similar experience uh you know in my business where I can look back and I can remember a point where I just was sobbing in bed <laughs> And I look back at that now and I'm like, I'm so grateful for the woman that was willing to keep going and try for one more day, because here's the thing, you guys, you don't have to say, okay, I'm going for another year. You just literally have to get up and say, I'm going for one more day. Like I am going to do one more day or one more rep or one more mile or one more contact or one more thing. And it's like, you, you are able to pull yourself out of that sort of self pity party. Because really what, what it is, and I kind of want to go back to this, this, you were talking about talent and I don't know, you might agree with this. um, Maybe not, but talent is cheap, right? Talent is, there's nothing more common than talent and people walking around that are talent. And here's the thing that so many people do. And that I even used to do is I used to excuse my inactivity or excuse my behavior or excuse my commitment because so-and-so is more talented or so-and-so was raised in a better home or so-and-so has a better network. And I would think of all the different reasons why I couldn't succeed. And I did that to myself and none of them were actually true. I thought they were more talented or more connected or whatever. And that's a convenient excuse to not show up and not have to put in the work and the reps. And, um, and I just, you know, I'm curious, like as I'm listening to you, you've know you accomplished so much, you have so many accolades, you've got this best-selling book and have developed so much revenue. What is the thing that keeps you in this position of having ambition and drive? Because for the person listening that like has a comfortable life or has achieved a certain amount of success and they're struggling to find that drive to keep that energy going, it's all about energy, right? Like to keep that energy and momentum going, what is it that keeps you going?
1: Yeah. That's such a good question. So I'm going to go back real quick to something you just said, because there's two questions I think great leaders ask and you, you, you were just talking about this and I want to see if I can highlight it because it's so important. The two questions are how far do I fall? How long do I stay down? Mm. So the first question is a, a depth question. The second question is a duration question. Like how far do I fall when negativity hits? Do I fall like all the way to like rock bottom on every negative thing? Or do I only fall this far today? You know what? Today, I'm only gonna fall this far. The day when I was like ready to quit, I fell pretty far. The day when you're in the bed being like, I'm just gonna ball my eyes out. I don't know if I can do this. You fell pretty far. I get it. Second question, how long am I gonna stay down? My friends, there's people, you, you and I know them. They've been through some real stuff. Abuse, addiction, bankruptcy, divorce, like just real hurts. And guess what? Like, and I'm talking like rock bottom, real life, they fell really far, but you now know that person. You're like, they live a beautiful life now. Like they're like, they like use that mess to, for their message. They're inspiring people. Like they really have a beautiful marriage now, whatever. So in other words, they didn't stay down too long on the flip side. Some of us know people that have been through some real things and they still are down six months, six years, 60 years later, they just never pop back up. So, the two questions are how far am I gonna fall? How far am I gonna allow myself to fall when this happens? Second question, how long am I gonna stay down? What separates a brook, and by the way, what will separate you too, listening, is you just say, I'm just not gonna stay down this long. I'm gonna pop back up. Like, I'm gonna, like, wipe the tears off and, like, get out of bed, and, like, go for it again. Like, sure, her point, one more rep, one more day, like, one more week, I'm gonna go for it again. That is the secret, right? So as far as ambition goes, there's an old, there's an, I'm an amateur on like the Bible or the scriptures or whatever, but let me, let me share the story that I feel like it resonates with me. There's an old story about a what's called the parable of the talents. And basically what it says is this, there's three servants that were given talents. Talents back then were like, almost like a coin, right? Like a, a, a currency. So the one person, the one servant gets one, the other one gets two, the other one gets five. All right. Lesson number one. We all got something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so maybe true. I only got one. Maybe Brooke got five. Maybe you got two, but everybody got something. No one got zero, right? Okay. Lesson number two. The one with one. I gotta stop the one right with five. Go ahead. I never
0: I never thought of it that way. That's like brilliant. Like everybody got something. Okay. Yeah. So let's just put that down. You got something.
1: You we all got something. Maybe you only got one. Cool. You still got a gift. You still got a talent. You still got things that were infused into you. The second lesson is the person with five doubled it. They like did something with it. They magnified it. They did something with it. So they have now 10. The one with two has four. The one with one buried theirs. Why did they bury theirs? You say, well, because they were a dumb person. No, it's because they were full of fear. They were fearful they would lose it. There's a law called the law of use. The law of use says what you don't use, you lose. It's like atrophy. So like, for example, I had shoulder surgery when I was 16 years old. I was playing sports and I had shoulder surgery. My arm was in a sling for six weeks. Guess what happened when it came out of the sling? Well, these your kind of little muscly arm as a 16-year-old is all shriveled up. Why? Because you didn't use it. What you don't use, you lose. And so as I was watching, as I'm reading this story, I think to myself, your gifts and talents, this is lesson number two, your gifts and talents weren't given to you for you. Your gifts and talents were given to you for the rest of us. So for you not to use those in the service of other pe- people is not one of your options because it's not yours for you to have. For you, it's you. It's for you to give, and the way you give glory to the giver of the gifts is by glorifying or magnifying the, the gifts that you are given. And so for me, I'm not sure, Brooke. If I have one talent or two or five, I'm not sure, but I I feel like a like a calling or a responsibility or a, a pressure, but a, in a almost in a positive way to like I. I feel like if I just sat on my couch and like did nothing all day, I would feel like a slothful and an unwise servant. I feel like I am here to like give some of the talents back because I don't feel like they're mine for me. I feel like they're mine to inspire and hopefully touch somebody else's life.
0: Yeah, I think it's this mentality. I love that so much. Um, what I wrote down is use it up and wear it out, right? It's like yes. one life and we have really one opportunity to see what we can make of this life. And we all have something special about us. And if you can start to recognize and acknowledge what your talents are, instead of beating yourself up, you know, write down the things that are good about you, write down your talents. And they may not be singing or playing the piano or being a fantastic speaker, but maybe it's the way that you make people feel. And you're really good at technical things and numbers. And like, we all have a talent and it's first acknowledging that talent. And second, like learning how to maximize and monetize that talent. I believe anybody with any kind of talent can be successful in business you just have to first you know acknowledge and then learn how to monetize and maximize that but I am the same way in that like I feel like gosh I've got one shot here and I don't want to waste like this life and I know that it is so important that we use up what we have because uh, like the like the parable what we don't use will lose and everything the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away And if you think you're just always going to sit back and have this comfortable life, kind of back to that conversation, that's like the person sitting on their talents. That's what I think. Comfort creates casualties. Casualness creates casualties. And so we have to like put ourselves, those of you listening, it's like, cool, I love that you're comfortable. But think about your comfort as being like burying your talent. Because it's really so easy. And maybe your comfort is coming from a place of being afraid to step out and have courage and do something else. You know, I want to highlight something else that I've noticed lately that you've been doing. And those of you that aren't following Justin already, you need to follow him. You need to get his book ASAP um, and just follow along with everything that he's doing. Get in the room if he's got a speaking engagement or an event coming up. Um, You will be blessed. I will tell you that. But I've noticed recently that you're doing more to impact youth. And I am just like so excited about that. Can you talk just for a minute about that and the inspiration behind that?
1: Yeah. So uh, first of all, I love that that resonates with you. And I can't wait till you and I get to kind of like work on this because I know we, we've talked about linking up here, um, hopefully in the coming months to have you come in and pour into these kids. So I had a friend of mine that started what he called a teenage mastermind. He basically would get like some of his 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 son's high school friends together. And then he would have these like successful people, people like a Brooke or whoever it was from their community would come talk to these kids. And I kind of watched it for a while and, and uh, he and I, and I was always inspired by it, but then he and I were kind of pulled aside one time and he was telling me like, some of his friends were like, there's like four or five, this little group of about five friends, three or four of them were kind of like, kind of drifting the wrong direction in their life. You know, good kids, but just kind of going the wrong direction. And like, they all like this mastermind just kind of brought them back to where these kids are all on these really great paths. I was like, man, I got to, I don't know. I just felt super inspired to do it. So we've been doing what I call a decades in today's teenage mastermind once a month. Decades in today's is this idea of like getting someone like a Brooke or those of you listening, these successful people in our community to comport what took us decades to learn into these kids In they can learn it in days, you know? And so we do it from ages thirteen to eighteen. We have some kids that are, you know, twenty and twenty-one come, and then we have some kids that my little son and his friends come that are eleven. You know, so we 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 let some other kids in, but thirteen to eighteen, and they all there's no phones. They all bring notepads. They all bring their notes. Uh, we we have a, a a group meet chat after, so they all share their biggest takeaways after. So it's a kind of a great little networking of, for all these kind of kids that are kind of wanting to be high performers at, at this young age. But it's so cool because you bring these different entrepreneurs and different social media people and different leaders and coaches and just, just these kind of high-performing people in to pour into these kids and this next generation. And there's an old proverb. I believe it's a Chinese proverb. This says, every man, in this case, by the way, this is, it's, it was it was like coming from like a father perspective. But it says, every man should do three things. So imagine every woman, every mom, same concept. Every man should do three things. They should have a son. They should plant a tree. And they should write a book. And the concept is the overall parable point was to do something that outlives you. Mm -hmm. And so for me to like pour into the the next generation of leaders in my community or the next generation of leaders around the world, that as a super hyper meaningful for me, because I want to make a difference in that next generation of leaders so that you're doing things that outlive you. And again, those three things in that analogy are plant a tree, write a book or have a son. And again, the concept is do things that outlive you.
0: I love that so much. I'm so excited about this concept because I've been thinking so much about how youth need these tools. Like they, they don't, I don't want them to get to where they're 40 and then having to do all this work. Yes. All.
1: Yes. That, yes.
0: Like we need early intervention and this is not the stuff that's taught, you know, in the schools and even grabbing, be the one for your teenager. You know, my kids started. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you have a teenager, you want to buy this book for your teenager to read. It's that good. And they're not too young to be reading this stuff. My kids started listening to podcasts and personal development stuff when they were 12 and 13. And I just feel like we're going to have such better, like well-adjusted, more successful, happier, more resilient kids if we pour into them. But the reason also why I wanted to just bring that up is because All of you out there, you have big dreams, and I do believe that it's our human nature to want to leave an impact. Now you're able to leave a bigger impact now, you have more time, you have more resources, you know, you have this knowledge that you've accumulated. For those of you out there listening, you can start leaving an impact right now in whatever way you can, whether it's with youth or whether it's with recovering addicts or it's with the elderly. I think a part of our success journey has to be that we start making that impact at an early stage of business development, because when you start leaving an impact and you're able to do just a little bit, it makes you hungry to be able to do more. And you just like, you love it, right? Justin is like, when you start serving, you're like, oh man, I want to be able to do more. I want to be able to have more money. I want to be able to provide something free for youth or free for addicts. Like your dreams grow also through showing up and expanding in service. And I think you're an amazing example of that. So I just want to say, you know, props to you for like, thinking outside of the box and creating that mastermind and everybody listening, go get the book because you need it. Your kids need it. Um, And Justin, I know we've got to wrap things up today. This has been such a huge blessing. Where's the best place for people to connect with you?
1: Yeah. So you can go to my site. I am justinprince.com. I'm across all social media platforms as well. And like Brooke, I put out a, a ton of, you know, in this case, free content, right? So videos and posts and so on things to, to see if I can help you with your mindset and see if I can help you to to start to live and to create and to design an unforgettable life so you really can be the one for your your family now and ultimately be the one for future generations of children that are yet unborn.
0: Amazing. And we'll link his social and the book in the show notes if you want to go grab that today. One more question. I ask everyone this question at the wrap of the podcast um, because it's called Align the Good Life. What does it mean to you to live the good life?
1: my I don't know if you can hear that my uh, my doorbell's going off that's funny so uh to me in the end of the book I teach a concept I call the two races the two races living the good life to me is winning both races race number 1 is the race that you think we're all winning racing which is success and social media and and views and income and business and you know in other words success right cool the challenge though is if you win the first race and you lose the second race you lost what's the second race the second race is your relationship with your faith your relationship with your values your relationship in your marriages your relationship with your children like all the things that I tell people there's things that matter and there's things that really matter (laughs) you know and so if you win the first race and lose the second you actually lost now here's the good news is you can win both races I meet people that say to me I'm not successful but at least I'm spiritual and I go no dude you're bearing these gifts and talents that you were given you're playing small you've got to step it up in your life like You playing small your whole life is not not one of your options. You got to go for it. And so my friends, success to me is you win both. You, 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 You make an impact in the world, right? You make an impact in your life and the lives of other people. You serve and add value. And you do it while holding your morals and values and principles together.
0: Amen, amen, amen. I could not like amen that enough. It's the concept of, listen, you can have it all without losing it all. You don't have to throw a grenade in your life. You don't have to throw away the things that are most important. And it's something that I really stand for as well. And I admire in you. I've loved this conversation and I hope that everyone goes forward after listening to this podcast and sets some new intentions and sets forward to win both races. Thank you so much, Justin, for spending time with us today.
1: Brooke. I loved it. I hope we get to do it again. I can't wait to uh, reconnect. You're the best.
0: Thanks. Hey, hey, you guys. So I got to tell you, Align is the conference to be in in 2024. If you haven't been in this room, it's a room you've got to experience. And if you have been in this room, you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about transformation, breakthrough, new strategy, new levels of unlocking your potential, releasing limitations, being around high vibe people and entrepreneurs that are also chasing after their dreams. It's also about finding your alignment because your alignment is not my alignment, is not her alignment, is not anyone else's alignment. And so often in today's world, especially with social media, with entrepreneurship, sometimes we get kind of confused. We start to think, well, maybe I should do what she's doing or what he's doing, or maybe maybe that's the priority. I should have, and at a line, we're not trying to crank you out into all being the same kind of entrepreneur, going after the same thing. What I'm really trying to do is help you to tune into your own alignment, what's true for you, what you need to do, trying to help you to realize that when you get your life into alignment all of the doors of opportunity and possibility unlock for you. This is the most powerful, transformative uh, conference you'll attend in 2024, and tickets are on sale now. In fact, I want to invite you to go to AlignEventsLive.com and check out our speaker lineup. It's not even complete yet, you guys. We have the most power-packed speaker lineup of traditional entrepreneurs, non-traditional entrepreneurs, speakers, mentors, coaches. I'm telling you, we have billionaires, millionaires, moms, dads, we have the whole gamut you guys and you are gonna wanna be in that room. So head on over to AlignEventsLive.com. Check out the show notes because I have a special discount that's just for my loyal podcast listeners where you can save up to $200 on your ticket. I just love you guys. I love this community. I love this event. It's my heart and soul and it's my greatest desire to help you to break through to to, to new levels and new heights in 2024. So get yourself in that room. It'll be one decision you'll never regret. Thanks for listening into the podcast today. If you loved it, a review, rating, and share on social would be epic and helps in spreading the word. Everything I create is in the hopes of helping you advance your life, energy, and business.